0: Okay, good evening, (coughs) Bez Hashem, go through in the midst of the Irish, so I want to go through very much just the basics, and the that I'd like to go through, I'd like to start with going through the Halachas of cleaning the house, what we're cleaning for, what we're looking for, cashing the kitchen, and then I would like to move on to discuss a little bit of the Halachas that pertain to the Mechira, what we could sell, when the Mechir is being Chal, and then we'll discuss a little bit the halachas of Bedikas chametz, Bir chametz, and then the special halachas that pertain to this year because Erev Pesach is Chal Yis b'shabus. So, to begin with, we're discussing cleaning the house for Pesach. So, what we're really doing is a process that Iqad and the in the days of Chazal really just began on the night preceding Erev Pesach. But because we live in much larger houses and things are more complicated, so obviously we're starting a lot earlier to clean the house of Pesach. So what we're doing really is we're preparing the B'dika, we're starting the B'dika process early. Now, it's very important to get clear what we're looking for, what we're cleaning for, what we're trying to achieve. And there's three reasons that we're cleaning for chametz. The three things that we're cleaning for and that we're going to be looking for later when we're doing a badika's chametz, is first of all, first and foremost, as we're worried about the issaysa, bairah bai matsa, you're not allowed to have chametz in your house on Pesach. You have a Kazai Sachamat in your possession, you're going to be over isacharis. And Mamela, the first and foremost reason that we're doing a badika, and we're cleaning our house is to make sure we don't have a qizai sachamat. Now the kaza'i chametz that you're over, Ba' Bahimatsa is even if it's quite disgusting, even if it's not royal l'achilas adam, as long as it's still royal l'achilas kelev, still edible for a dog, that chametz will be over by roi If you have a kezayis of chametz, that's edible for a dog. And we have to make sure to remove that from our possession. And even if the chametz is b'ta'orovus, you have it, it's in a mixture. And it could be that when the mixture is, the amount of chametz in the mixture is small enough that when you'd eat Within the sheer Kedechilis Pras, you would not eat a full Kazais. Maybe you wouldn't be over an isa for eating it. But the Mishnah Paskins, paskins that if it's in one receptacle, it's in one Kli, then you're going to be over. So, for example, you'd have a hot sauce that has a lot of vinegar, assuming that the vinegar is a Chometz vinegar, which is usually not, and you'd have to have a very, very large container. If you have a large enough container of hot sauce, that you'd have a Kazais of Chometz vinegar in one Kli, so that would also be an Isidereis of Bayer Abayimatz. Now the second reason that we're doing bedikas chametz, and this is the reason why, even though we do a bittel, which means the the bittel really takes care of the problem byirah but the chachomim are mechayiv that Afol piking, we have to do Bedikah, we have to clean the house, and the reason is because we're worried that maybe on Pesach you're going to find something a off, you're going to find some sort of good-looking piece of chametz that you want to eat. Maybe you'll have das to be it, or maybe you'll actually eat it. Shemiyav el so the second reason that we're worried about chametz is even if we'll get away from the problem of bali roh, we're worried about finding a piece of chametz which is edible and something that you'd actually put into your mouth. So even if it's less than a kazayis, and a famous marshal most of the place can discuss is you found a cheerio in your house, you might absentmindedly put a cheerio in your mouth. So even though a cheerio is much less than a kazayis, you're not even bali roh, we have to make sure you don't have something like a cheerio in your house that you may put in your mouth. Now, the important afkamina between these two reasons is that b'ayro b'aymotzah we said is even if it's as long as it's edible to a dog. You have a very dirty, disgusting piece of chametz. If it's edible to a dog, that would be b'ayro b'aymotzah. But this cheerio that we're worried about, we're only worried about the cheerio if it's in a normally edible state. If you have a black, dirty cheerio full of who knows what that's sitting in the corner behind your couch, so that cheerio we're not chayshish. You're going to eat the cheerio, so you don't have that chash. So it's lessening because ice, and you don't necessarily have the chashash shamiyavil So shamiyavil we're really more worried about things that are going to be in a situation where it's actually edible. The third reason that we're cleaning for chametz is when you're checking the areas of your house where there's you're going to be eating food on Pesach. So now we have a whole new concern, and that concern is that you may have even the slight drop of chametz ending up in your food on Pesach, and the halach is on Pesach itself. Chometz is not bottle. So even though before Pesach we have all the Hilchas Bittl, Bittl Bashishim, all the Halakhs of Bittl apply, on Pesach itself Chometz is Asa B'mashu, and it won't be bottle, even a Mashu of Chometz. And Mamela we're extremely concerned about even a Mashu of Chometz in the food preparation and food and the areas where you eat your food. And in addition, in the places we are actually cooking food, we have to be concerned about bulis of chametz. We have to be concerned about flavor of chametz, which absorbed into, whether it's into a counter, a table, an oven, pots, anything that is used for food prep, and it could end up becoming absorbed into the Pesach food, and again, it won't be bottle on Pesach. So these are the four things that we're concerned about. We're concerned about Bayerol Bayimotza, Shem Yavad Oichloy, and we're worried about the Taru chametz ending up in your food on Pesach. Now, Based on these three reasons, we're going to have a tremendous nafgamina. We're in our house, we're being boydik, and in what situations, what we have to worry about. So, when you're being boydik, the rooms in your house that you're not planning on eating, for example, your bedrooms, your playroom, things where you're not planning on eating there on Chomet, on Pesach, we're not worried about the last concern. We're not worried about the tiny little crumbs of chametz because they're not ending up in your food on Pesach. So we're not worried about that. What we're worried about is either a large piece of chametz, a kazayas of chametz or something that's shemei yavo And the same would apply if someone's going away for the entire Yontiv and they want to do a bedika, cleaning their house and do a bedika which zecher would be better. It's not that hard because you're not looking for tiny crumbs. You're looking for large pieces of chametz. The areas that you're going to be selling, you're going to be selling, and to clean the majority of the house that there's no large pieces of chametz, no no edible chametz, it's not particularly difficult. And we'll discuss more about if someone's going away when we get up to the when we talk about bedikas chametz. So when we're cleaning the bedrooms, places where there's no chash that you're going to be actually eating, you know, even a kid might bring a bag of chips. We're not worried particularly that if there's somehow a little bit of pay of crumbs that are somewhere under the baseboard and they're going to, you know, somehow those crumbs are going to end up in food you're eating, is not really a shash. Therefore, when you're cleaning those rooms, what we're doing is you're primarily, you're checking, and you have to check well your, your drawers. And now, I, really, I should make a small Hagdama before all this, that a room that's ein mechnisen by Chometz is potter from B'diket, it's potter from this whole Sugya. Now, what's a makam shein mechnisen by Chometz? It's Mevor and the Gemara, then even area that you very occasionally may bring chametz in is already Machnison by chametz. So we don't have that many places, especially, can I anhara, anybody who has children, pretty much the entire house is Machnison by chametz. The only exception would be something like a pull-down attic where really no one goes there except for you go there to get things, so something like that. If you know you never bring food there, you don't have to check. If you have a locked utility room, but other than that, pretty much, we're going to assume our whole house is mechnisen by chametz. Now, what we're checking for, so we have to check... Any drawers, cabinets, closets. Now, we don't have to check for little crumbs. We don't have to scrub it down. What we're doing is just looking, making sure there's nothing big, nothing the size of a Cheerio, a pretzel. Sometimes you can have, you know, a bag of pretzels. Something could end up. We're looking for large, either kezaies or something edible. And it's not particularly difficult to go through your drawers. Quickly move things aside. You check if you have clothing that wasn't washed, that was worn, that may have in the packets. So you should be checking through those packets if there may be a shash the chametz there. And you're checking all of these cabinets, closets, shelves, and again, we're not doing scrubbing, we're just checking. That's the, basically, I'm not talking about badika. This is really all you have to do. Then when it comes to the floor, if you have a hard floor, so sweep it, you mop it, and you're good to go. You don't have to worry that maybe there's tiny little crumbs you didn't get. If it's a carpet floor, you'll vacuum it. And really, that's all you need to do. If there's beds, you should definitely check under a bed that's raised on legs or a couch. Anything that's easily accessible underneath should be checked. Something that's easily moved should be moved. A heavy piece of furniture that you do not have to that you basically never move, you are not mochoyiv to go and schlep the heavy piece of furniture, move them away, move them back, even if there may be chametz under there, and even technically if you know there's chametz, if you know for a fact there's a large piece of chametz under them, there is mulchim that perhaps would be better that you should move it and get rid of it, but it's not mochoyiv in ikir adin if it's something that you really never move. Now, uh, so we'll get, we're going to get Bez hashem, we're going to get to the kitchen, we'll get to soon. So I'm talking for, for now, we're discussing areas like your bedroom, your playroom, things like that, where you're not really going to be eating on Pesach. Now, I just want to point out at this point, you know, this is Me'ikir Adin. Many people are very Machmer, people have Menhagim, people have yonim. they scrub the walls and all else, whatever people do, you're not Me'choyiv to do that. And if you don't do that, you're being the Me'ikir Adin. But if someone does it, they're not wasting their time. There's an Indians brought down already from the Rishayim, from the Rosh. Yisrael Kedai Shemheim, Yisrael is Machmer, Chumr, the Pesach, to go above and beyond what they're there are even shittas, chaznish, that you have a chiv bedika for Perum, ketanim tiny crumbs. So don't tell someone they're wasting their time. But if you want to know what you have to do, definitely there's no chiv. So when you're cleaning your bedrooms, it's a pretty quick process. You go through the closets, the drawers, make sure there's no big pieces, nothing like a cheerio there. And then you're going to clean the floor, check under the beds, any area that's easily accessible. And you're done those rooms. Now in the toy, in the playroom, so the toy closet definitely requires extra attention baskets of toys, bins of toys, are usually have chametz in them, chametz gomer, so they have to be checked carefully. If you have toys that are sticky with chametz, and your kid's going to be playing with them, and chametz, they really should be wiped down, because, you know, it could end up on the kid's hands, or in his mouth, and it's not a good idea. If it's really sticky with chametz, it should be wiped down before Pesach. But, B'derech Chlaol, the bedikah and the cleaning in these areas is not particularly difficult. One important dakudu when you're going through your bathrooms or your bedroom is to look for cosmetics which may be an issue. We don't have time to discuss which cosmetics may or may not be an issue, but you definitely want to check for any cosmetics or things of those sort, certain creams, things like that, which are a problem, so they have to know where they are and make sure you're going to put them somewhere to sell them for Pesach. But other than that, the bedikah in these areas is fairly straightforward. Now, just a few important to Kudus, just overall in the house, your vacuum cleaner bag, or if you have a bagless vacuum cleaner, has to be emptied before Pesach. That's usually full of chametz. Your, <clears throat> make sure, you know, kids' knapsacks is an area not necessarily people think of, kids' coats pockets, diaper bag, car seats. These are all places you have to uh, make strollers. or are all things that need an extra level of bedika because they're very likely to have chametz in them and very likely to have chametz gomer and has... Even a piece which is, you know, a size piece. So that's the majority of the house. Now we move on to the areas of the house where we have, we're going to be eating on Pesach and be preparing food on Pesach. So in these areas, obviously, the cheshashim are much more of a serious cheshash because we're worried that even that tiny little crumb, which we're saying is only Yisrael Kedoshim, when you're in your bedroom, if it's going to end up in your food, we have a serious problem. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to scrub your light bulbs, because nothing's coming down from the light bulbs. So it has to be done with seichel, but really what we're going to focus on is areas where food is going to actually be touching, we have to be extremely careful. So the floor in the kitchen really doesn't need, you should maybe do a little bit more, it's usually dirtier and there's more chametz around, but the regular mopping you can do on the floor is the same when you come to the areas where there's going to be food preparation, so then things become much more hummer. So first of all, let's talk about the refrigerator. So some mentioned underneath the refrigerator. To the best of my knowledge, most refrigerators I've dealt with are actually very easy to move. They're on wheels or sliders, and I would not call it something that's... uh, that's, you know, nufel of mapeilus, nufel of bar. But if you have a refrigerator that really doesn't move, you're definitely not m'choyiv to move the refrigerator. The same goes for a stove. The stove's easily to move. Probably it would be kadai to move the stove. It's not very difficult at all. And if on of something dropped behind that you needed, you would move it. But if it's, if either of these, have any appliance that's very heavy and hard to move, definitely there is no choyiv to move it. And you can just be soymich that this is called chomz sh'nafel of bar, that you don't have to be yeirud achrov, you can be mevatelot, and it's bottle mewa and you don't have to worry about it. Now, in the fridge itself, so the fridge is one of the areas that requires the most attention because a fridge, first of all, it's full of crumbs, the shelves, the, you know, in between the crevices and the seal, and all these areas really have to be cleaned very well because food's going in the fridge on Pesach, B'derech Chal, people aren't careful to make every sure everything's double-covered when it goes in the fridge, and if there's crumbs around, it can land in it. So really, the fridge is an area where it has to be cleaned extremely well, and if there's an area where it can't quite be cleaned out properly, to make sure to spray it up well with something like Windex, which will make it not royal achila, and then we cover it. Also, and this is brought down in the Pesach that we cover all areas that food is going to actual actual Pesach food. We're going to put down. We're going to put it down. Obviously, just a practical thing. You're making sure that you're not going to obstruct the airflow in the refrigerator. But you know, the fridge liners that are meant for that cover over all the shelves and places where the food will touch, so that is a very important halacha to make sure you're not going to have, because again, even the slightest crumb that somehow got missed, and no matter how well you clean, you clean the top and you knock the crumb on the bottom, there could be something left over, so it's very important to cover the inside of the fridge. So now, side walls in the fridge. So sidewalls, I, 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 I don't think that there's much virshash. If you see it's clean, okay, so if, if your fridge generally has hot pots going in it, then maybe there would be more come to be cheshush, but there you're not putting such boiling hot pots in the fridge, you're waiting for it to cool down less than yachts of leather's So I wouldn't be particularly concerned this bleas in the walls of the fridge and you clean the walls, you should be fine. Even if a pot touched it, it's probably there's no if there's no right if the bleas can't go from one clea to another clee without a liquid medium, so probably the walls are fine but the shelves of the fridge definitely we are worried about because people put things down and you know it could be hot enough that you know it sits there so the shelves covered the walls i don't i, I don't think need to be covered you make extra another cleaner to get it to not oil, uh, Adam, then or why, why uh, so, why not to cover it? so first of all, if there's bleus, no, there's no way to get to the bleus. You can't get the uh, Windex, is not gonna, even ammonia is not going to get into the bleus, that's first of all. And second of all, we're always chayshish that, you know, are you really, you're not really soaking your fridge. You put a spray or two of Windex, not sure, you know, if, if we'll use that when we don't have another option. But I'm not necessarily confident that you're getting any crumb that's there is going to be kom so. Are we worried about the context between the food and the shelf? So dim we're worried about food counting. So you, technically if everything is wrapped in a container, it doesn't necessarily need to go on, but it's definitely Kedai, you know, it's not always things don't always work out the way you plan. So it's zikr kedai that the and this is brought down that we cover all surfaces, even we put the food in Kalum, we do cover those surfaces. Now the same would hold true for the kitchen cabinets where you're gonna be putting down food. You should be cut down on some piece of paper or something like that to cover it. Now when you come to the counters, so counters have a serious shiloh that there's bleeus of chametz in them, and during the year sometimes there's very very hot foods that are placed in them. It's a Gush, It could have the din of a kli that's in Belay into them. So in order to kasher a counter, you have, yeah, you need something. Could be even more than iray, not necessarily. However, be'ed me'ikar din it's going to be very difficult to kasher counters, because most of our counters are made out of substances which cannot be kashered. In Eretz Yisrael, I know that almost everyone does kasher the counters, because in Eretz they have, it's just plain slabs, I don't know if it's granite or marble, whatever type of stone they're using, but it's really unfinished stone, it's, I mean, it's finished, untreated, and therefore stone is one of the items which we know halacha could be kashered. So people kasher countertops in Eretz Here in America... Many people have for mica countertops, which for Pesach we don't kasher. And even if you have a granite or quartz or something other type of stone countertops, derech klal, the countertops that we have have a sealant on them. They're not just a piece of stone that's just ground down and polished. There's usually quartz is not even a stone; it's just a it's some sort of composite material. And even the granite ones usually have a, a sealant. So if you were told you bought it from a from dealer and he tells you that he knows he you know, confirmed with the Rav, that this is the type of countertop that could be kashered for Pesach, so then it could be kashered, but other than that, the Derek Klael would not advise trying to kash your countertops. Countertops should be covered, and they have to be covered very carefully, because it's going to be used heavily, and it's going to be used with hot food, so that definitely has to be covered well, and the backsplash in there. you have to be very careful with. Now, I'm not sure if l'halochi have to cover but Zikr at least a little bit up, on the backsplash, you know, the, the first few inches where a pot, you know, in most kitchens, they have a little bit of, and then a lip. If you don't have that, the area where a pot may come in contact and there may be food on the outside of the pot and during the year also it came into contact. First of all, it's very hard to clean there. Second of all, there is definitely a shash that is bleas there. So that's something that's kedai to cover at least a little bit up, unless, you know, if it's the, the setup of the kitchen is such that you don't have a chashash, then you don't have to cover the backsplashes. But if there is a real shash that you're going to have any issues of food touching, there's something stuck on there, so then the simplest aids would be to cover it. Now, you should be careful, check underneath your cabinets to make sure it's clean. If it's not clean, you could have a problem of chametz falling in. If it's stuck on chametz, either clean it very well or cover it with something, you know if it's clean there's no necessity just you know just take a look up on top underneath the cabinets sometimes it could be filthy there and then especially if you put a steaming pot on pesach so then the steam could either dislodge something or per- per- perhaps even pull out bloes so that's something to keep in mind yeah, now you know, it's clean. What? It's clean. so I'm, I'm not so convinced that is that that often Zaya is, is going up there to make bloes go in so that's what i'm saying if you see the Shmutz, then even once the Zaya, i don't know how i know how it practical. If you have a place where you very often, and how often is someone putting, don't forget, Zey, once it's not Yad Tzilez, but it's not going to make B'lis go in. So it's not that common. If You, you have to know, if, if a person constantly, you know, especially if you have a stone countertop and you can put boiling hot pots off the stove to move them and there's hot steam rising in Hanami, maybe you'd have to cover those areas also because you could have a and of blis coming from underneath the countertops. Now, <clears throat> what about the sinks? So, so far we discussed the fridge, the counters, the cabinets. What about the sink? So sinks, obviously we need to use our sinks on Pesach. And so the first thing we have to know is what type of sink do we have? Do we have a sink which is has the ability to be kashered, or is our sink a sink which cannot be kashered? So, I think, Baruch Hashem, most people have stainless steel sinks which can be kashered, but before we move on to discuss how to kasher them, if you have a bad nozzle of having a porcelain sink, or a sink of another material which can't be kashered, so then you are stuck, the only eights is to get an insert, it cannot be kashered at all. Now, if you have a stainless steel sink, so now, how do we kasher a sink? So now, what do we be'icker, the chashash of the blias in the sink is a chashash that there's things, it's eerie that you're pouring, you know, when you're pouring your macaroni water and you're pouring different, pouring, boiling hot liquids. So something which only was belea chametz, that absorbed chametz through something <coughs> being poured, we can kasher it through iray. Now, there is a chashash that over the course of the year, sometimes you put a boiling hot pot down, or maybe you have boiling pieces of thick hot macaroni that land in the sink, which is a Dover Gush, which perhaps the Bliis go in further and perhaps you would not be able to kasher it Al day just Iruy, just pouring boiling hot water. So there is a khumra to kasher a sink, either Al Yideh using what's called an Eben Malubin, which is you pour, you're doing the regular Iruy, I should really... Irre is that you're pouring boiling water on every spot, and the boiling water, when it hits the sink, is pulling out any flavor of chametz and cashing the sink. Now, because it's being poured, it loses some of its heat. So in order to give it the status of a klerishin, so if you take a boiling hot stone, you hold it in tongs, and you pour the water first onto the boiling stone, and from there into the sink, it has the advantage that the water is considered boiling as if it's actually in the klerishin, and it will pull out a higher level of, will pull out Bliassam further into the sink. So there's a Chumra either to do that, or there's some people, I don't know if they have a Gemach for it here in Psaic, and on Lakewood, they have a Gemach for it, that they use an immersion boiler. Someone has it. So they, they, what they have is it's a, it's a board and has two or three, depending how many you know, uh, heating elements that they, they fill up the sink with water, they stick it on top of the sink, they turn it on, it boils all the water so your sink becomes a pot, it cashers the sink, and then you throw in a hot rock when it's after it finished boiling, so that it overfills the lip, and then your sink is definitely kashered. So these are two ways to be machmer, and some people have a chumrah that they'll use a sink insert even after they did iray, because they're worried about this chumrah of the dover Gush. However, in didina, definitely, if none of these options really work out for you, you definitely can just be sayimach on iray. I asked uh, Rabbi Sherwin, the Rav in like the comments, he said that Rabbi Blusatzal said that so, definitely, there is, you can be same just to do Iray. So, if you're doing any of these methods of kashering, it's important. First, you're waiting. Your sink has not been used for hot chomets within, hot food, actually, within 24 hours. <laughs> what? <laughs> because maybe we'll pull out the flavor and we'll call back in. So, we don't want be So, we're going we're to we're assume that it wasn't used for hot food within the last 24 hours. And then we're going to. Make sure it's 100% clean. This is very important. Getting a sink clean is not always so easy. You have to really clean it very well. And then once it's fully, properly cleaned, then we are going to do the cashering, whether we're cashering it all your day, the upgraded Iroi. Uh, it's interesting. I saw a safer from Rabbi Felder. He wanted to suggest that maybe if you have an electric kettle with an element, so then, if you, and especially if you can hold down the element, even if you're not holding down the button, so it's boiling as you're pouring it, it might have the myla of an Evan lubin. But again, if you're using a chometz. A hummet stick kettle, so you have to make sure it's hundred percent clean and then boil up water and pour it out first to kasher the kettle now or a very easy option this is something it's a good eight when you're kashering, is that you could get a heavy duty aluminum pan, get the deeper ones, put it on top of the burner, put a piece of heavy duty foil on top it cooks very quickly. if you get a big one, it will go across two burners. It's just not a loch, it's just a eight to it's a very quick and easy way to boil up large quantities of water for using for eroi or other kashing. also i whatever i you know the kasher, if you, people kasher the Kiddush cups, the Chumrah, so whatever people do kasher, even though we don't kasher much, but also, uh, using a big aluminum pan is the easiest way, you don't have a problem, it's not a Chometz path, it's not a Pesach path, and that's definitely a very easy, convenient way to do hagalah or iri. Does covering in an insert work go just as well? In other words, let's say, for whatever reason, you can't kasher you can use an insert. Does that cover you? Or that yeah. An insert works, yeah. So if you have, for example, if you have a porcelain sink, you just put an insert and then you're good to go. Now, oh, so if it gets backed up with hot water, so first of all, the water's not going to be very hot by the time it gets through the hole and thing. So if you see a major backup, you, you should take a wait, but, and, you know, not keep running the hot water, but you're almost for sure, you're not going to have boiling hot water that's able to pull out any bleach. By the time it gets through the, through, down, and it's going to get, you know, get in and come back up, it, it's not really going to be a problem, and you don't have to worry about that. Well, yeah, so when you're pouring, you're pouring, you know, the pouring goes at an angle, so it's it's pretty, now, it's very important that the sink, when you're doing the irui, it has to be 100% dry to start with. While you're pouring it, so, you know, it's going to get wet while you're pouring it, you have to make sure the water hits every spot, and there's going to be water there, so while it's pouring, the water stays warm and hot, so you don't have to worry about it, but after you finish the first round, if you finish the whole sink with one pot, you should dry it before you go back to do it again, because then the water will cool down, and then when you pour the water, it will be cooled off before it gets a chance to do the, its action and kashring. But as long as you're pouring from one pot, whatever water is spread around the sink, and it's not dry, you don't have to worry, because it's hot water, it's not going to cool off the stream, and that will be okay. So that's how we do iray on the actual basin of the sink. Now when you... What? Bez uh, we'll Hashem, get, we'll get to that in a minute. When I get to the ovens, What? I I rather do it the other way. Do the bottom first, and then we'll work up. Runoff, you're, you're so you're doing it. as so any You don't have to worry about that. You're now using right. pen, so which should you use? So if you use, you use a chometz pot, you have to cash it first. So you cache that pot. So that's not So What? So pesach pot. We don't want to. I guess we don't want to use a pesach pot because we don't want to uh, cause any uh, chometz police to go into the from the steam. We don't want to have anything going into a pesach pot. Now of using a rack on Kesa, if you cache it? If you cash it well, then there's no reason. It's cash. Now, if you want to be machmer for this chumrah, the, the daver gush, so you could use a rack, and you'll, you'll gain this, this then you, you want to be machmer. It's the same way people who use an insert if they're kashring, because you're worried that there's mochmati machmer, that if you didn't do the higher level of kashring, you just did plain eerily, maybe that's not sufficient. So we said in is sufficient, but there is mochmati machmer, so in khanami a rack would gain that, or an insert, we're doing this upgraded type of cashing. Now, as far as, this is the base in this thing. What about the, the spout? So, first of all, the spout has, uh, the end of the spout is the aerator. The aerator is something which you have to check. First of all, it's very cheap and easy. I mean, I don't know what the house restores here. If they sell it, definitely Lake Lakewood, they all sell replacement aerators for about a dollar. Switch it, and that definitely, it's a myla. You don't have to worry that it has food stuck on it. If you're not replacing it, you have to just check, make sure that's clean. Sometimes, you know, depending on the house, if people aren't careful, it could have food smushed into the little holes, and it's very hard to clean it. And well, then you have to cash it because, you know, when you're pouring the boiling macaroni and you have the steam rising from the pot and from the thing, definitely there is an issue. So, and it's difficult to actually get the hot water. So I would definitely suggest, if you could, to switch the actual aerator if you can't. So then what you should do is you're going to be doing eroi on the entire spout. On, you should do eroi on the entire spout. And while you're doing the eerie in the spout, try to dip the aerator into the clee that you're doing the Erie from, and that way, or if you could somehow throw the water up, I don't want to suggest that, I don't want it to get burnt, but uh, you have to make sure that you get the boiling water onto the aerator if you're not going to be replacing it, it's definitely... The Some of them have, like the aerator like bring around on the outside. Like, uh, like, a, like a, so, uh, you know, l'maysa pashtas is considered so really there is makim not to be machmid to kasher so we're it at l'chumra to an extent and therefore whatever, you know, in plastic could be kashered at least the rest of the year, so bit will be makel. but that's another reason why it's kadai to switch the aerator. Now the rest of the spout, so you're going to be pouring boiling water on it, there's a milah that you should run boiling water through the, through the faucet while you're pouring the boiling water, so it's hot from the inside, hot from the outside, and that will help. There's also a pashter so You can just cover the for, the spout with aluminum foil if you're worried that things will land on it during Pesach. That also is definitely a good option. Now, the spouts don't have to be castured, We have to just be very careful that they're 100%, the, the knobs, I'm sorry, that they're 100% clean. The sprayer, if, especially if it's used for for um, dishwashing, very often has things, particles stuck in it, so I wouldn't advise using it on Pesach. I personally, I, know I didn't for myself, I just bought a replacement for a few dollars and I just unscrew it, my wife likes to use it on Pesach and screw it in, or you could just not use it because it's probably extremely difficult to clean, usually has little holes and definitely can get clogged. If it's not clogged, it's 100% clean. So you could also just, you know, then, then, then you would be able to do ear on it, even though it's plastic, it's not, most better probably not to use the sprayer. Now, the... Someone has a sink insert, so it's not a fully okay because he has to do everything you just said with the, with the, with the spout. So you're saying asks, the one that built into the sink ones, you're saying? Someone has... Someone, someone asks if, it is, if it's sink insert, then it's good, so does that help for the spout? Oh, yeah, for not for the spout, but it helps for the inside of the sink, yeah. Now, let's move on now to discuss ovens. Now, ovens... So, if you have a self-cleaning oven, so you're in pretty good shape because a self-cleaning oven... Comes already right from Ramayisha, that you run the self clean cycle and that is considered liben gomer and that caches everything in the oven. You don't even have to make sure it's any ben because it caches everything inside of the oven, is all kosher. Now, there is one chumra if you're doing self clean that the door, Ramayisha was cheshit, if you have a window, the window doesn't become, is not cached from the self clean. And maybe, maybe you could die to cover the window. If you're not going to cover it, make sure not to have any food touch it or pots touch it on Pesach. Now, if Now, that's the inside of the oven. What about the racks? Now, racks, if you can take them off and put them inside your oven, not racks, I'm sorry, the grates. The racks go together with the self-clean. The grates, you can either put them inside your oven when you run the self-clean, it is a slight risk of some slight discoloration, but you can do that and that kasher is the grates. If you're not able to do that, so then the eights, and sometimes also you have to be careful, some of the newer ovens, the grates have rubber feet, which can get destroyed if you're going to put them into the self-clean oven, Maybe they can be pulled off, you have to check, or if you can get replacement ones, on, that's something to check. If you cannot put them inside the oven, you're running the self-clean, so then you put some heavy-duty foil or a blech on top of the burner and turn on the burner for 15 minutes at the hottest setting, and that will casher the burner. Now, you should make sure don't do all four at once because you'll create a tremendous problem, you have too much heat, and it can be dangerous, but one at a time, you can casher your grates that way. Now, if you do not have a self-clean oven, so the inside of the oven... If you need, to, I don't want to discuss that, but you come discuss to me, there are Eitzes to clean. Not everyone holds them, but there's ATSAs for the interior of a non-self-cleaning oven. The top of the ovens, we have the Eitzes with the grates. You can just put the foil and do kasha them that way. Now, if you have one of the new glass-top do do cook surfaces, How do you do the just put heavy-duty foil on top of it. And turn it on for fifty or a blech, and turn it on for fifteen minutes. Yeah, I what I was I I always just put them inside the oven on the cleaning right, No, right, That's what I said. If that you for sure could do, but then I was just saying if you can't do that or if you don't have a self cleaning oven, uh. so then you can put them. You can put a piece of heavy duty foil or a blech. Turn it on the hottest setting for fifteen minutes, and that will kasher the, the grates. What to kasher the racks? Yeah. Okay. Like the racks on top of the it's probably not going to get the whole grate from, from end to end. So, so we'll, if, if you don't have a self cleaning oven, I'll, I'll discuss with you afterwards. You have to under the, under under the, the grates? No. Top. If you could put the grates in, in the oven, you have to No. Clean. No, I'll, I'll discuss on top of that in a second. What about so, the disc does not need to be cautioned. You could also stick those in self cleaning if you want. They don't really need to be cautioned. Now, the. Does after, the disc, not. The but the, the the grates, not. But we should do with the stove top itself. So that's definitely full of hot blias of hum, it's Probably even trafe, unless you have a separate milchig and stove top. So what you should do is you cover the whole thing with a piece of foil. Obviously, don't block the oven vent. That's the of nefashes. And then there's the four holes where the gas comes out of, and you can. Uh, pop that open with the metal, with the metal piece, the, the gas, so I think it's called the regulator, whatever it's called, and that way the whole thing's covered with heavy-duty foil. Then you have, you might want to put down an oven bib, the disposable ones, then you have your grates, and then you're fine for Pesach. Now, as far as an electric oven, so electric ovens you just turn off, it's the kind where you just have the coils, turn it on for red hot for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you're good to go. Now, as far as the new induction glass or different types of glass-topped Cookware. So those cannot be kasher, They present a serious problem for Pesach. There is an eight. I think they sell special metal trivets that are supposed to go in between the pot and the glass cooktop. And you have to be very careful because the whole glass cooktop cannot be kosher and it's helmetstick. So that's something that if you have that, definitely would be Kadai to to pay, to discuss it with me or someone else separately. Now dishwashers, microwave, cannot be cashed for Pesach, so I think we're pretty much done with the kitchen, and done with cleaning, Now, also tables, we didn't mention tables yet, tables and chairs that you can be eating on in Pesach have to be cleaned extremely well, and then they should be covered, and there's an Indian to cover the tables, Roda shabura, to have a double covering on the table, you have whatever covering, that you leave the whole Pesach, and then a tablecloth that should be double covered, the tables. Now I want to move on to selling chametz, so when we're selling chametz, so first of all, what are we selling? So in Ikir Din, you could sell everything you'd like. There are those who are not to sell Chametz Gomer, but it's Kedai to know that any taruvus of Chametz that doesn't have a Kezayis of Chametz Gomer, the reason that people don't sell Chametz Gomer is that for the Isa, they don't want to be Swaymich on the So if you're not I'm going to be over by real by because you don't have a kazayas of khametz, so then you don't have a problem. So many things that people think of as being khametz, soup powders and ketchup and mayonnaise, mustard, all have vinegars. First of all, a lot of them aren't even khametz, because the vinegar is corn vinegar or synthetic. But even if they are, have khametz vinegar, most of them don't have a kazayas. So most mixtures do not have a problem. The one mixture people might not realize, things like cornflakes that are sweetened with malt, is khametz gamer. But, but there Klau, most things, except for cereals and crackers and cookies, are not chametz Gomer, <laughs> flour is not chametz Gomer, even bleached flour is not chametz Gomer, as barley also is not chametz Gomer. Now, whiskey is chametz Gomer, but the Minigayim is to sell it, because it's a to have to not to throw out your whiskey, and that's why people are making to sell whiskey. Now, very important this year, the Mechir is going to be Chal right before Shabbos. Therefore, you cannot take anything out of the chametz area, or put anything in the chametz area on Shabbos. So whatever you're selling, you have to make up your mind before Shabbos. You can't take out your schnapps on Shabbos, take some, put it back, because if you sold it, it's the goyes and your ganiv, and if you didn't sell it, putting it back into the cabinet later in Shabbos is not going to change anything. The mechir is chal right before Shabbos, so therefore you have to make sure that you're going to, that the mechir, that whatever you're selling, you're selling before Shabbos. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on B'dikas Chametz because we're running short on time, just briefly. So, B'dikas Chametz this year is going to be on Thursday night. It's even though it's it's early Yud Gimel, not early Yud because obviously in Shabbos we can't do it, we can't carry a candle. And when we do B'dikas Chametz, so it's all the regular halachas of B'dikas Chametz, we make a bracha, and all the regular halachas, you're not allowed to eat once it comes night and do anything else once it comes night until you do the B'dikah, all those things apply areas of your house that were already cleaned for Pesach, like the Pesach kitchen, do not have to be cleaned. You make sure that it was clean. Things that maybe people cleaned, but since then people might have brought chomets, should be checked. Things like closets and things should be checked, but areas that you were very careful afterwards do not need to be checked again. As far as the areas that you're going to be keeping the chomets you're selling to the guy, those also do not need to be checked by B'dikus chametz because they're being sold to the guy. there are days that you have to, but we make, Iqra Adin, we hold that you do not have to check those areas for chametz. Now, another important Nakuda, Svarim, do not need to be checked for chametz. you don't have to B'dikus chametz and chametz on Svarim, but do not bring them to the table on Pesach, because very likely that they're going to have some crumbs, and that can end up in your food, so don't bring them to the table. The one exception obviously is benches should be sold with your other chametz because benches usually do have chametz gum in them, definitely should not be used and if there's any other Safer that you always bring to the table and you eat over it and it's full of crumbs, it should not be used on Pesach. Now, the special halachas that apply this year, ere Pesach, Shachal, Shabbos. So, the Iker, the halachas of the Sudha, as Hashem will discuss next Shabbos by Shabbos Hagol, Jasha, all the details how to do the Suda, but just the overall halachas of ere Pesach, Shachal, Shabbos. So, first of all, Tainus B'chairus is pushed off to Thursday. Now, there is a tzad that if you don't fast on Thursday, you to fast on Friday. However, Ramisha says that if you pat yourself from the fast, Ali a on Thursday, you're good to go. If you have the option to hear one on Friday, m'atayv m'anayim, not too. So your t'aym's b'chayim is on Thursday, and you should have a siyim that day. Beer Chometz is done like any other year. It's done on Friday, a day early, and it's done before the Saif Zman of when you would do it on any other year. It's day that we shouldn't get mixed up between this year and... And the zman beer is the same, even though we're going to have chametz still in the house and we're eating it the next morning. But we want to make sure that the, we don't get mixed up for next year. You can think of last year I did it late in the afternoon, I'll do it next year. So the, the zman beer is the same, but we do not say kol chamira after you burn the chametz, because you're not fatal of chametz. You still have chametz in your house, so you're planning on eating for the Shabbos suda. Now, the sa- Shab- suda Shabbos, exactly how you should do it and... But by the b'dik you do say it, but not by the... Because then you're saying things that you're unaware of. But by the by the beer you don't, because the Chumetz you know about, you still want. Now, by the Sudha Shabbos... Oh, so I'm, I'm going to say one second. So, by the Suda Shabbos, the exact oifen of when and what to do the Suda Shabbos we'll discuss with Hashem, but the Iker, if you're going to be using these two basic options, either to use egg matzah or to use chametz gomer, be very careful. If you're going to be using, even if you're using egg matzah, you can't eat it after the seiz manachila because Ashkenazim, we don't eat egg matzah on Pesach. If you're eating, so if there's a sva'adam, maybe they could, but the Ashkenazim has to be careful to be done by seiz manachila. If you're eating chametz gomer, so obviously we have to be extremely careful that there's no crumbs. So the, up, the way you're going to do it is you have, you know, everyone should have a small little individual portion, so you don't have to cut it up and distribute it. People like to use small mini pizzas, has a because or pizzas they, that they don't make crumbs, or small challah Everyone should eat over a tissue or a napkin, so when you're done eating it, you can crumple it up with whatever crumbs and flush it down the toilet. The tablecloth, you should have a special disposable tablecloth to eat on, and br- carefully brush any crumbs that are left on that into a tissue, flush it down the toilet. You could then, if there's you want you could shake it outside if it's not on your property or if it's early off in the day technically in your property, and then you can take the plastic tablecloth and throw it in the garbage. If there's one or two tiny crumbs stuck, you're not going to eat it. It's going to be bottled. It's not a problem. After you finish eating your suet and you got rid of the chametz, so by night it's right. You know it's still Friday night, but Shabbos day. So after you're done and you wash, it's very important you have to wash out your mouth extremely well clean your teeth with a dry toothbrush, you can't use a wet one, it's chit on Shabbos, but a dry toothbrush, if you want to save floss, cut floss beforehand, and use floss as long as it's not securitian, it's not for sure going to cause you to bleed, and very important to clean out your teeth well, wash out your mouth, and then you throw out the tablecloth, and there's no point in adding things to areas that are sold for chametz, everything is anyways was already sold, but it's just the plastic tablecloth that's left, there's some plates that are clean, there's no crumbs, you throw it in the garbage, that's okay, and you say kol chamira, and that all has to be done before the saizam, na- now the eating is done before the saizam anachila, and cleaning out your mouth, and before the saizam na- beer, you have to say kol chamira. Now, just an important, one last nakuda, I just wanted to make sure to mention, is that you cannot throw garbage in your garbage can, As, Over here, hear in Psaic, I understand that the garbage cans belong to you, so putting chametz in the garbage can, putting the garbage can out on the curb does not help you because it's still in your garbage can. So you have to make sure that the chametz is, I don't know when they're doing the last pickup, but if you have chametz garbage, chametz garbage after that, you should make sure to get it to a drop off location. It should not be in your shus over Pesach. And Hashem, we should all be zeicha to have a chametz, a Pesach without chametz at all, and be to all the that are muftach, to someone who's shomer and gansen from the Indian of chametz and we should all have a chag of